All right, you kick us off. Onion. Beef. Yummy. Pork. Spatula. Chewing sounds. Nah, I was winging it a little bit. All right, then we're starting. Hey, welcome to Chewing Sounds. I'm Karen Green. I'm Tony Green. This is a brother-sister cooking podcast. Each episode, we choose one dish. Uh, we each pick a different recipe, cook them, and then uh, we get together to compare notes, talk about lessons learned, maybe learn a little bit about friendship and civics. I don't know. <laughs> that sound about right? <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> you just can't resist an ad lib. Cannot resist one. <laughs> it's better that way, I think. What the hey, hell bro. did we do this week, Karen? Oh my goodness. Uh this week. Okay, wait. Can you hear the squeaking the cat? of the cat door? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I couldn't tell if that was a meow or a squeak, but whatever it is, I knew it was cat origin and I could definitely hear it, but that's fine. All the weird sounds in my bedroom are either pigeon related from the pigeons on the roof or cat related from Lisa Turtle and my cat walking through the cat door that I installed into my bedroom door. <laughs> so she can get in and out but it makes this like funny like creaking sound every time she leaves now <laughs> wow a veritable menagerie at your place <laughs> i know <laughs> there's so many distractions going on i will uh, contextualize any external sounds that happen on my end but so far nothing uh silence, silence. um you want to take a run at pronouncing this because i know how to actually pronounce this uh, Korean dish now. I've been saying it wrong for a long time. I was going to ask you if you uh, looked up how to pronounce it, because I definitely did, because I didn't want to sound like a dummy before we yeah, recorded this. <laughs> me neither. There are plenty of other things I'll probably screw up, but this one I finally know how to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were close. I learned this word yeah. from you. You were like, this is how you pronounce it. Anyway, well, the word <laughs> is spelled T-T-E-O-K-B-O-K-K-I. So <laughs> and it's yeah. understandable that like <laughs> we wouldn't know exactly how to pronounce that. But I did sort of confidently assert that it was pronounced chokboki. Yes, with like a ch. Yeah, chok, I don't know. And it sounded right. That sounds right enough. And I just went with it. So what is your new pronunciation? I found out that it's actually pronounced duckboki. Okay. Oh, do you have a different one? Your face well, is not <laughs> registering agreement. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it is. Okay. It is tuck, I think. Yeah. Tuck? Yeah. Like, starts with a t sound, right? God. Is that what you said? Damn it. New York Times. Oh, man. Well, I'm just On going this off New York Times Google. has to be, they say pronounced duck bokey. Duck bokey. D-U-C-K hyphen B-O hyphen K-E-Y-K. Where did you get yours from? I just looked mine up on the Google, and the first thing that comes up is, you know, a pronunciation guide. I think I can actually play it right now. And it oh, says, yeah. Tukboki, with, like, emphasis on the, the key. Tukboki. Did you hear that? No. Oh, it's whoops. Never mind. It's into your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, I heard it, so maybe the audience did, too. I don't know how this works. <laughs> that absolutely anyway. can't be how it works. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're right. Wow. You have to play into your microphone. I really got to cut that out. Y'all, it's a Wednesday. We should probably give you a little bit of background. We usually record on a weekend when we are far away from our mentally debilitating work week. But oh gosh, we're right in the yeah. midst of it today. So it's going to be a little scrambled. 
That's why I just held my microphone up to my laptop as if sound was going to come out of it, even though I'm wearing headphones. And then, yeah, anyway. Yeah. The computer just said that it's tukboki. Tukboki. Okay, I'm going to go with that then. Okay. Yeah, this is confusing because also as I was looking up recipes for this, I found alternate spellings that are like duck, that start with a D, duckboki. There was some other. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I encountered a lot of words, a lot of similar dishes with different names. But I think that what I can say with somewhat certainty is that duckboki refers more to a dish than to just any number of dishes that use tuck, right? Which which are the little, which are Korean rice cakes. I think that much yes. I've learned. <laughs> yes, I, I did learn that because, okay, I guess we should just maybe go back, maybe go to our first question, which is like how, what do we know about tukboki? How did we come in contact with it? And I was going to say that like my first introduction to it was our, when we were ordering Blue Apron recipes and there was a recipe, uh, which I have here because I dug it out. It was like pork tukboki. Uh And it's just like, yeah, it's Korean rice cakes, little cylinders of like squishy rice. Uh, like a really you... thick, really chewy noodle. Yes, exactly. Like three quarters of an inch thick. These ones in particular, they come in all sorts of shapes and sizes really, but. Yeah. But I did not realize that like, yeah, that rice cake is the tuk from the title and then boki is like a descriptor probably of like what is actually what else is in the dish so tuk boki but it is a very common korean like spicy korean dish with uh, rice cakes yes. yes although it's from what i could tell tuk boki refers to a pretty uh like specific preparation of the tuk rice cakes uh-huh which is what I made. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. so you think the boki part describes the way you prepare it, the way you cook the tuck? I don't know, man. I'm a oh, little in my depth here. <laughs> man, me too. I was thinking I, it was the. I wish I knew more going into this. You did the quiz and everything. You had to do a little research. I do no research well, coming into see. these so that I can be surprised by Tony's quiz corner. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I don't know. We probably need like a native Korean person to help help educate oh, yeah. us. That'd sometimes. be wildly helpful for this one. But <laughs> would. we don't. We're going to limp our way through anyway. Don't repeat yeah. anything you hear on this podcast, especially yes. this episode. Check your sources. <laughs> um, well, anyway, so we used to make this um, pork tukboki recipe from Blue Apron, which I realize is like, I was going to say Americanized, but it's just blue apronized. Like, I have no idea where they pulled this from. Um, so, yeah, it was a little bit different than, like, the recipes I found online once I started searching. But Yeah, ditto. That one um, has some distinctly Chinese ingredients in it, I think. Like, the um, there's a black bean sauce in it, which I think is, is fairly – I'm not even sure about that. <laughs> Chinese <laughs> oh, yeah. origin. Um, as well as a soy glaze, like a thickened sort of soy sauce variant. And, uh, yeah, ginger, green onion. Ginger, green onion, pork. Um, And I must say, this recipe is friggin' delicious, and I have made it, like, multiple times since actually getting the Blue Apron package. Um, Yeah. yeah. It's the reason that these little rice cakes are on our radar at all, and the reason we decided to try it for this episode. 
Exactly. Because it is like such delicious comfort food and just really adaptable, I guess. I mean, you can kind of put like, you know, it's changeable and you can put whatever you're craving at the moment in it. And it's just like salty and chewy and a little bit sweet. And yeah, it's great. It's great comfort food. So I was excited to make this, uh, even realizing that I didn't know a lot about it. Should I go first this time? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Start us off. Well, so I got my recipe from a Bon Appetit. Um, and it's just, it's like their only tukboki recipe. <laughs> um, and I was drawn to this one because it seemed a little bit more involved than the other recipes I was seeing. Like basically the, a lot of the recipes I saw was like, you just get some like store-bought sauces and like dump it on some rice cakes. And I was like, well, this is a cooking podcast, so maybe I should <laughs> like do a little bit of cooking. How noble of you. <laughs> I know. I could have just gone to H Mart and bought a bowl of ready-made tukboki, but I didn't. I, knew I refrained. Did. <laughs> yeah, actually, I almost got one to compare to this recipe. I which thought I might... that too. Yeah, I might go back and... and do that. Um, but anyway, so and this one also looked pretty like what I that think is pretty traditional. So anyway, this um, bon appetit recipe, um, which I will say, I don't know that I've really used a bon appetit recipe before, and this website gets the award for like locking down their recipes the hardest as soon as i i clicked on this recipe and then as soon as i clicked on another one on the website this like screen pops up that's like kitchens closed motherfucker oh it was like (laughs) a article limit sort of thing that you're seeing on every single news site in the world oh yes it was like Like an article limit but like many recipes this month which is one exactly it's one how can you only look at like one recipe each month anyway so i was stuck with this one um so it involves making a, like a dashi uh, to go into the sauce, which I never heard of, but I looked it up and apparently it's like, I believe it's a Japanese, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Broth? Broth. There you go. It's a Japanese <laughs> broth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where you get the umami flavor um, and then you add it to different sauces. So for this recipe... You make this dashi broth uh, by boiling dried anchovies, uh, kombu, which is dried kelp, um, a quarter of an onion, mm-hmm. uh, garlic cloves, and then water. Um, and you just boil it for, it says, like 30 to 45 minutes. Um, I did do a couple substitutions right off the bat because I'm doing my very best to like use up the stuff that's in my pantry and I'm trying to stick to a food budget this month which is boring and I won't go into that but so instead of dried anchovies I used anchovies from a can because for some strange reason I had not one but two cans of anchovies even though I don't remember ever making anything that has involved anchovies in my entire what? life. I had two cans of anchovies in my pantry. I still have one because I only used, I opened one can. Whoa. So weird? when you saw this recipe, you were like, oh yeah, I know that I have cans of anchovies, so I'll use those. But you don't actually know yeah. why you do. I have absolutely no recollection of buying even one, let alone two cans of anchovies, and yet there they were. <laughs> did you ever live with like a cartoon cat at any point? Like, did you have a roommate who was a cartoon cat who would just like open a can of anchovies and throw it in their gullet? Gosh, that would make sense. I, I mean, don't he... remember you having one. 
I don't. Yeah. Um, maybe Turt snuck out at one point and bought them, but then she obviously Dude. couldn't figure out a way to open them on her own. So there they sat in my pantry. <laughs> yeah. She probably went out and got wicked fucking toasted one night, came back with like a bunch of stuff. She got the freaking anchovies, couldn't eat them. Yeah. But she passed out and forgot. And asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I used those. And then also instead of kombu getting the dried kelp, I just used dried seaweed, which I had. <laughs> okay. Interesting. So I know. I, I know this when is. You, I can't believe you subbed out the two ingredients that I would be terrified to sub out because I would not know you would be terrified. what on earth I would sub them out with. I know, but those seemed like pretty good substitutions, right? I mean, so when I bought dried kelp, which I did, I was oh. like, oh, wow, this is this is heavy-duty stuff. This is thick, intense. Okay. This is not dried seaweed. Because dried seaweed, like, mm. doesn't it kind of disintegrate? I'm thinking about, like, the kind of seaweed you use, like, uh, for a nori roll, for, like, a, a sushi roll. Am I th- yeah. Is that not what you used? That is what I used, and I will say that both the anchovy Proceed. and the seaweed pretty much disintegrated <laughs> into the dashi. <laughs> but okay, I don't know, well, more that's flavor, good. right? <laughs> sure, yeah. I don't know. Okay, go on. Yeah, so anyway, uh, I did that. So right off the bat, we can only blame the failure of this recipe on me and no one else. <laughs> um, so anyway, I did the dashi. I boiled it for, I think, 30 minutes because, like I said, everything disintegrated. <laughs> yes, yeah, you turned it into soup, basically. Probably don't have to go longer than that. So you boil that, and then you strain out um, the the bits, whatever is left in it. So you just have the sauce. Um, and then – so the other kind of ingredients for this are – there's – Eight cloves of garlic, which I thought was a good sign because I do Ooh. love some garlic. Yeah, because <laughs> all of those, those go are just going into the water. Oh, just two of them. Yeah, so six of them get thinly sliced and put into the sauce. Um, Whoa. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. The other thing is, <laughs> this recipe makes oh, okay. a lot, so I probably okay, should cut it in good. half. <laughs> yeah. So it also uses two thirds cup of gochujang, which okay. is probably the most gochujang I've ever used in a single recipe. Yeah. Um, Luckily, you can was... buy it by the freaking gallon at H Mart's. Oh yeah, and I still they had have some... some absolutely massive containers. Oh, they do. I still had one. It was a little bit dried out from like because it's been in my fridge forever that I bought from H Mart. So I feel like maybe it was even more concentrated than normal gochujang. Yeah. But you didn't but anyway. sub in ketchup, right? You did use gochujang. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I'm just wondering. <laughs> no, I used actual gochujang. Perfect. Um, some vegetable oil. This one calls for the cylindrical tuck, cylindrical rice cakes, which are my favorite, but H Mart was out of them for some reason. So I was no. forced to get the kind of like coin, coin shaped ones. They're kind of like oh, yeah. flat oval ones, um, which are just not as good somehow. It, they don't like chew the same way as the cylindrical ones. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> yeah, I also remember those being a little harder to like cook. I remember like undercooking those frequently. Yeah, and they're being well, too chewy. Yeah, I don't know why they're just like a little trickier. Okay, here's the other issue. Well, I'll get into that issue once I <laughs> go through this recipe. <laughs> um, so I got the yeah, I got those ones. Um, this one. Okay, this is the other reason I chose this recipe is it had. It includes bok choy, 
which I realize that I love. It might be one of my oh, favorite yeah. vegetables, actually. Yeah. It's great. It's great. It's so cute. And it's like nutty and just fries up so easily. Anyway. Ooh, nutty. Wow. Okay. It has like a nutty flavor, kind of like a buttery nutty flavor once you like saute it, which I really enjoy. Oh my gosh. And I also enjoy that like it's kind of like the Russian doll of vegetables because when you like pull off the outer stems and leaves, the inside <laughs> is exactly the same, but like so teeny yeah, tiny it's and full cute. Of increasingly <laughs> tiny versions of itself. Yeah, it just becomes a adorable miniature version of itself. Agreed. That's that a huge off. plus. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, and then scallions. Um, this was a bit of a red flag is that this recipe used three hard-boiled eggs, just fully hard-boiled. I was like, if you're not leaving your eggs a little bit jammy in the center, if you're making Asian food, I feel like you're doing it wrong, right? I guess not because that's that's what mine required as well. Yeah, I was a little really? surprised as well. I like that jammy egg center, but there's even like a photo of a cracked open egg in my recipe, and it is just completely cooked flaky yellow yolk. So I was like, all right, that's just how they do it here. Wow, okay. I feel like maybe this is where we differ. I was thinking about this as I was going through this recipe because I did so many substitutions and I made jammy eggs because that's what I like. I was like, should I be following this recipe to a T because I am judging the recipe or should I be changing it as I go? <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting sort of uh, existential question about this podcast that we've never really answered. I know. And let's not do it now. Okay, let's not get into it. <laughs> anyway, I just kind of did whatever I wanted. <laughs> Love it. Um, so anyway, after with all those res- ingredients, um, I made the dashi broth, um, and then you mix the gochujang with soy sauce. And this says to add gochugaru, which is like a Korean chili flakes, I guess, which I also didn't get because I had so many chili flakes in my pantry. <laughs> so I just put just in a regular little... like chili flakes. Uh, I put in those Thai flakes. chili flakes that I had from Pad Thai. Oh, interesting. So, wonder how those compare. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how they compare. Um, but also, I I only did a little bit of it because a couple, at least two, of the comments on this recipe were just like, "This is the spiciest thing I've ever put into my mouth." I almost had to go to the hospital. Like they were just like, "This oh, is no." <laughs> Literally, I think one of them might, yeah, one of them just starts off so spicy, definitely coughed and started crying when I took the first bite, but got used to the spice by the end of it. And then this other one says, to say this is hellish spicy is an understatement. My eyes were streaming while I ate as quickly as possible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was like, shoot, I'm only going to put in like a little bit of the pepper flakes. Um, well, gochujang comes in like a variety of spice intensities. I wonder if these people got like, you know, super duper hot one on accident or something. Dude, I guess they must have. But it's so hard to tell di- people's different spice levels, you know, because... That's true. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I had hot gochujang, I will say. It wasn't super duper extra hot. It wasn't burn your eyeballs out hot. Um, yeah. But that said, this is a very, very spicy recipe. Um. So anyway, yeah, gochujang soy sauce, a little bit of the Mai Tai chili flakes. Um, you heat the oil. So this just says add rice cakes and cook to the oil. And this is the part where I was like, with these rice cakes, because they're so sticky, you've mm. got to like rinse them and like make sure they're not all stuck together, right? 
because I don't I, know. I truly I just, don't know. I just followed. This is the one time when I just followed the recipe exactly as it what it said, and so I just took this big wad of the rice cakes out of the bag and just put them straight into the frying pan, and they did not separate at all. Like yeah, for reference, these things are like <laughs> partially dehydrated, right? They're not like pasta noodles. Mm-hmm. They still have a tiny bit of give to them, but in general, you mm-hmm. cook them in liquid first. You boil them the way you would dried pasta, and mm-hmm. then do something with them. Unless you know, the the simmering is the whole process. So yeah, I would be yeah, yeah, I'd be a little surprised if the if they asked if the ask was to just toss them into hot oil. But I don't know. I would have done that too. Yeah. But yeah, they also stick together like hell. They do. Yeah, that's right. Because the the Blue Apron recipe that we did, like you boil them in water for like three minutes or something, and then they do separate. Yeah. Um. And then I I think I've seen it where like. It's also a little bit like rice where you can like rinse it ahead of time and just get some of the like sticky starch off. Uh, okay. But this recipe didn't say to do any of that. So I just threw this big honking slab of rice cakes into this oil and they, it, yeah, it just didn't <laughs> like separate. Yeah, it just started like sticking to the bottom of the pan immediately. And I just had oh, to like no. scrape the whole thing up and try and flip it over and try and separate it with like tongs and it it was not good and I don't recommend it. <laughs> so and then does it go into liquid? Um, yeah. And then oh, thank God. Okay. Well, wait, is there liquid after that? So you add the rice cakes. Um, no, then you add, Oh, that's the other thing. So this has two full sliced onions, which is a lot of onion. So you add onions and the six cloves of garlic and then you cook it more for another two minutes and again, it's like I added all the onions and garlic, and then it was still just a big honking slab of <laughs> rice cake. <laughs> so it's like, this is not going well. And then you finally add the gochujang and soy sauce mixture. And then it, it did start to break up a little bit, and at least it wasn't just like frying itself to the bottom of the pan anymore. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like a big pot roast made of rice. Yeah. Yeah, it's not tasty. I know. I imagine, like, if this thing hadn't separated, I would have just had to pull the whole chunk of rice cake out and like <laughs> cut it into slices, like a roast yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, like the Grinch carving the roast beast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Um, oh no, okay. And I realize I missed some steps because after, so after you put the gochujang in, you fry it up. Um, so then you add in the stock, which I forgot to say that you. Once you make the stock and you strain it, you then also add um, fish cakes, Korean fish cakes. Yeah. Yeah. Which are like so weird to me. And I, I thought about leaving them out because I, I'm not totally sold on fish cakes. Like I think I've had them in Korean food before, but they're one of those things that like they look so strange to my brain. They do not look like fish at all. I mean, they almost look like very thin tofu kind of. So every time I see one, I'm just like, what is that again? And then somebody's like, oh, it's a fish cake. And I'm like, right. But it just doesn't like compute in my brain. But anyway. Yes, I feel the exact same way. It, most of them look like fried tofu to me because they're usually kind of browned on the outside. Yes. They can also come in like kind of wild colors. Like they can be pink. They can really? come in different shapes, at least according to my most recent outing to HMart. Yeah, like they can come in balls, cylinders. There's a lot of variety in these things. But yeah, they almost never oh. first initially strike me as being a cake made of fish. Yeah. I mean, also, I feel like cake is kind of a mistranslation because all the ones that I've seen, it looks like you saw more, all the ones that I've seen are like thin, like they're more like fish sheets, fish paper. <laughs> I don't know how to, I mean, not like super thin, but they're just like 
I mean, they're like a huh. quarter inch thin or something. Whoa. Uh oh. Okay. No, you had different ones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. That's not. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh no. Okay. I wish I could like show you one, but. Okay, so at H Mart in the freezer section, I got this package yeah. of like very thin fish sheets. And then you kind of, I cut them up while they were still frozen because I didn't know. And so then I just put them into the dashi to like warm them and boil them. And they absorbed a lot of the water, but then you toss all of that back into the mixture. Um, and I will say my first critique of this whole recipe is that the. Okay, and then after all that, sorry, I should actually get through the recipe. After all that, you throw in the bok choy um, and scallions and then just like cook it for another few minutes and then you're done. Like you just throw everything into this pot towards the end. Um, yeah. Um, before you talk about how it tastes. Yes. Do you think we, we could do that more in tandem? Like I can go through my recipe extraordinarily quick because it's very similar to yours? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm okay? interested like what was your recipe like because – I have yeah. no idea how mine compares. Okay, so sorry to interrupt, but yeah, hold that thought, and then we'll okay. talk final product together. So mine is from a a website called Mangchi, M-A-A-N-G-C-H-I, um, and it oh. is just like a Korean home cook. This one came up when I searched duck tukbuki, and it <laughs> had like, you know, most of the recipes had like, you know, 200 reviews, 300 reviews. This one had like 179,000. I what? don't actually know how that's possible. I think it might actually be reflective of like her YouTube video views or something. Huh. No. Oh my God. No, it's just a star rating. She has 178,638 votes. How? So how? I was like, well, how can I possibly not make this one? And it just seems to be like kind of an archetypal, very straightforward version of Tukboki, which specifically i think is simmered rice cake so yeah what we're talking about where you make the dashi stock with the anchovies and the um kelp the kombu so yeah mine is like yours but even simpler i did water with the dried anchovies and the kelp um you cook that for like 15 minutes you I like throw that we both in... meant for the slightly more intensive <laughs> recipe we were like we're making this stock yeah, because I just had to jar. know, like, this seems like, you know, like, this is, like, the version, I guess, that is really, really popular street food in South Korea. So I was like, yeah, I got to make this version and yeah, try absolutely. it. Okay. Uh, no onion or garlic. There's green onion, but no, like, onion, onion. Um, so then, yeah, it's just the, the you know, the cylindrical rice cakes uh, that you cook after, yeah, after you take out your little broth ingredients and then you add in. Mine's one third cup of the goshujang and then a tablespoon of the goshugaru, which I oh. did purchase. Nice. Um, tablespoon of sugar and then, yeah, um, green onions, hard boiled eggs, fish cakes. Um, I cut out the hard boiled eggs and the fish cakes. The hard boiled eggs did not sound good to me, even though my whole point in making this was to make like the traditional version and i looked at the packaging for a lot of the fish cakes and they're mostly like wheat and they're super like hyper processed they have a bunch of chemicals and stuff in them and i was like uh, you know i know this is like kind of uh, yeah this is not health food obviously this is just like kind of comfort food 
uh, yeah. street food kind of thing, but I still like, I couldn't do the fish cakes. So I cut them out. <laughs> it does say optional. So I felt okay. You coward. <laughs> yeah. I was a complete coward. I instead got some shrimp. Like I just threw some shrimp in there. At the oh, last that minute. sounds good. Yeah. So you just kind of make it. Yeah. Cause it was, you know, it's going to cook super fast in the broth anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. Cause the other thing about fish cakes, I don't want to interrupt your story, but like, no, no, go ahead. The fish cakes are like, every time I was taking a bite of this, I was just like, uh, I'm not going to like this fish cake. And then I take a bite of it and I'm like, oh, it's not so bad. But literally every time I did that because they smell fishier than they taste. So it's just a weird oh, sensation. Yeah. Anyway, that's I think a tough, made a that's good a tough choice. start. But yeah, wow. I didn't realize you were so biased against fish cakes. But to be fair, I, I didn't even give them a shot. So, you know, yeah, better than me. Um. The only thing that I like genuinely maybe kind of messed up with the recipe as far as like the very base of it was it said seven large dried anchovies with heads and intestines removed. I kind of glossed over that. I assumed that that just had something to do with like the way they were packaged, you know, like they came like that. Yeah. Head and intestines removed. But then when I looked closer at this woman's um, photos, the anchovies are identical to mine dried mm -hmm. large except deheaded and de deintestined i guess which i didn't do i have no idea if it affected anything do fish have intestines i've just never heard well, that yeah. term what do you mean they well, have stuff I know in they them do yeah yeah i know yeah. that about fish they're okay. not solid all the way through like a gummy <laughs> no i know you have to like gut <laughs> fish and stuff but i've just never seen <laughs> intestines pulled from a fish i guess yeah like uh like you have with like a turkey or a chicken <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, okay. they got all sorts of works up in their gully works. You got to remove, <laughs> I guess. I didn't yeah. do that. I doubt that it made a difference, but um, yeah. Yeah. I did all that. So yours um, had heads. Yeah. But like, yeah, you know, anyways. these things are tiny. I can't imagine that affected the taste that much. Maybe it just had to do yeah. with like um, avoiding like a bunch of particulate matter because mine didn't have a straining process. So maybe that's just to avoid pieces breaking off that you would otherwise have to strain. But I didn't. Yeah, you have don't want like a anyway. tiny anchovy eye. Soup, <laughs> yeah, a little tiny head staring up at you. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. Um, so yeah, I did that. I uh, threw in the shrimp toward the end. Um, overcooked the absolute hell out of the shrimp. Mm. I'm not really a shrimp master, and I've only ever really sautéed them and grilled them. I'm not used to throwing them into like a soup or a stew, or in this case, a broth. I didn't realize how quickly they would just completely turn rock hard so that was well there are so few screw. real shrimp masters out there tony you gotta be that's gentle true. yourself. Yeah, what am i talking about like you know <laughs> takes yeah, years no to become a shrimp master actual certification process yeah <laughs> yeah they do cook real fast though so wait you didn't put those into the dashi this was during the actual no this was at the end right. once oh. i'd had my you know all my flavorings and um my tuck rice cake thingies in there and they were pretty much cooked but i was also not sure about that yeah did you shrimp. cook yours in water or did you just throw yours in? No, I just cooked mine in the broth. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, with mine, you have to let the broth um, cook down quite a bit so that you're getting more, you wind up with more of like almost a pasta sauce consistency, like kind of thick and uh, glazy is just kind of what oh. it's asking you to go for, more of a glaze. Gotcha. Yeah. So I realized I had like 10 to 15 minutes for everything to like kind of cook down. So I was trying to time out like when did the shrimp go in and I timed it very badly. Yeah. And I realized the, sh the rice cakes weren't quite cooked all the way through. So I just completely mistimed the shrimp addition. Mm, that's a tough one. But that's that. Now let's talk yes. about 
eating it. Eating Which you it. did a little bit. Yes. Not a fan of the fish cakes. Well, I, I think it was just the ratio of everything. So I, I feel like it was basically, it was like a one-to-one-to-one ratio of like the tuck, the rice cakes, um, the onion. There was so much onion in this. It's two full onions. That's insane. Uh, and then like eight ounces of fish cakes, which is also like, it was basically equal to the rice cakes. So like every single bite, you're getting like one or two fish cakes in there. And it was just wow. too much. Um, and then also, yeah. And then just like a little tiny bit of bok choy, really not enough bok choy at all. So I just feel like the ratios were all off for me. If I were to do it again, I would do like much more rice cakes, much more bok choy, like half the fish cakes, half the onion. <laughs> Garlic can stay. That was fine. But <laughs> it was just kind of like all over. And then the other big thing, because yours had sugar in it. Yeah, tablespoon. Tablespoon, yeah. This had like no sweetener at all. Um, and one of the comments, that was the first comment, is like, Tuckbaki always has like a sweetener. It's always like sweet and salty and spicy. So this one was just like full on salt. So I did end Oof. up putting some like brown sugar in there at the end. Um, but yeah, you got to have something besides just full-on spice i don't know yeah it's hard to imagine this without sugar in it yeah um gochujang's a little sweet on its own but yeah no all the recipes i found required sugar as well yeah i guess that's where like because i did add a little bit of the sugar but then also the like the i guess fattiness of uh the egg like did help to kind of like balance out the spiciness a little bit and i will say i mean i didn't have to like go to the hospital or anything but it was very very spicy i mean i think because i've eaten this a few times i had like the leftovers and everything and every single time i had like five tissues five used tissues next to me (laughs) because i had to blow my nose like five or six times (laughs) during the eating Um, of it i wound up with mild goshijang because i found this brand that i i liked the ingredients of and you know i at a I went to H Mart and in stark contrast to our pad thai excursion where I went to this same one and couldn't find any Thai ingredients because it was in a Korean neighborhood. I went this time and of course could find everything, every single thing I needed, which was amazing <laughs> and so easy. That is lovely. But when it came to Goshujang, they have so many different brands and like I liked the simplicity of the ingredients in this one, but they were sold out of every varietal except the mild. So I just went with that. And mine was not terribly spicy although i did do the whole tablespoon of the you know the actual korean uh pepper flakes so gochujaro or yeah yeah gochugaru okay. is that right gochugaru? okay and yours was which not I, which is definitely well, your like, mind off spicy uh no but i didn't eat very much of it because i didn't like it at all oh no <laughs> why <Yeah>. not <laughs> um okay so this is a theory that i've had but never like fully confirmed which is that i don't actually like Goshujang very much by itself. What? And this is essentially just like Goshujang stew. Like the Goshujang yeah. is overwhelmingly, in my recipe at least, the the flavor. And it is a little bit like hoisin for me, where there's like a sweetness and a funkiness to it that comes together in a way that I just don't like and I can't explain why. But mm. I love dishes that have gochujang as like one component of the flavor, like that um, blue apron recipe you mentioned earlier, which has, you know, it's the soy glaze, black bean sauce, and the gochujang, where you get just a little bit of that sweetness in it. And I made that exact recipe the following night 
after eating like two rice cakes and then dumping everything in the trash. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. shrimp were so overcooked and I was just like, yeah, okay, this that's fine. I don't really like gochujang. And that is yeah. like the only flavor I was really getting out of it, except for this undercurrent of the dashi. Yeah. I, yeah, that's totally fair. I think I sort of like powered through eating mine a few more times, even though, yeah, I don't know. I guess the flavor wasn't really there for me either. I really like in the Blue Apron recipe and I feel so bad for being like, oh, I hate this like <laughs> Korean dish that everyone in that country <laughs> loves. Yeah, that's like, like a staple wildly, of their diet. Yeah, popular. The way I think of it is I like, know. maybe if you didn't grow up with ketchup, you'd come here and have it and be like, oh, what is this? It's like weird, sweet tomato sauce. And it's like, for yeah. me, it's just a thing that, yeah, I can't quite introduce into my into my palate at this age. Yeah, I think maybe I agree and maybe I was just, didn't fully realize that when I was trying to eat this and I was like, why don't I like this as much as the, <laughs> um, yeah, as the version with just like black bean and ginger and other, and like soy glaze and just, it, yeah, it just has other flavors in it where it's not just fully like gochujang spiciness. So. Yeah. It has a much more rounded flavor for my money at least, but you know, yes, yeah, is wildly popular in South Korea and, uh, you know, elsewhere too. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, and I do feel like I need to try, I guess, just a ready-made version of it. I want to go back to H Mart and just get a bowl of it and see like how that compares because I don't know. Mm. Oh, yeah. Or I would get it at like a Korean restaurant or something. Like if I was getting something else and they maybe had this as like something, I would like split that with someone just to try it out to, com to compare. Absolutely. Next time in, uh, in LA, we have to go try this at a restaurant. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. We'll go to Korea. We'll go to K-Town. Um, cool. Oh, uh, one other cooking note. Yeah, let's go to Korea for sure. <laughs> Next time you're in LA, we'll go to Korea. <laughs> okay. Uh, one other cooking note is that between um, the kelp and the anchovies, and then having to peel and devein a pound of shrimp because mm. I did not get them peeled and deveined, my apartment did smell like an old aquarium for like two days. <laughs> my tiny studio apartment, which just had like the ghost of a million shrimp baked into the walls and I was like well this is never coming out oh no I do feel like there is something about LA apartments specifically where it's like the walls are just more like poor absorbent of smells and they just stick with you that's just a feature of LA apartments <laughs> yeah yeah if oh, I ever no. have to like hand this over to the next tenant and they walk in and they're like what's that smell I'm just gonna kind of like wistfully put a hand on the wall and say I've cooked a lot of shrimp in this bad boy <laughs> A lot yeah. of shrimp over the years. <laughs> Not enough to become a shrimp master, but you're well on your way. <laughs> Not nearly. That's what it takes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I don't want to say too many more like disparaging things about this dish, but definitely not my favorite. And the smells, the fishy smells. What am I going to do with the rest of my fish cakes, Tone? I got a whole half a pack of fish cakes in the freezer. <laughs> Shit, at least they're frozen. You've got some time to figure it out. Yeah. Just got to like slip a tiny little portion of fish cake in every meal from now on. Try and finish Yeah, them. maybe it's like a little bit of chopped and put into like some mac and cheese or something. I don't know. Do you have to finish them? <laughs> I'm trying to finish what I buy. This is this is my goal for this next few months. Okay. Well, then, yeah. Try another Korean dish maybe. Yeah. That has fish cakes. Maybe I will. Well, okay. So not not a great success. Not a great success, but uh, made the Blue Apron recipe again. 
It's great. It's great. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. It's my favorite. I think I'm going to go back to that one too. Yeah. I will try making more stuff with dashi maybe. I don't know. I kind of like making the little broth ahead of time. Yeah, that was kind of fun. I was excited about the whole process. Extremely easy too. I don't know about yours. Yours had a bunch of like uh, ingredient prep, but this is such an easy recipe. If you like tukboki, uh, I don't know. This recipe seems great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also you can just kind of like make a variation that you enjoy. There was definitely some comments on this Bon Appetit recipe that were like, instead of the fish cakes, I added pork or whatever it was. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> Just do what you want. It's your comfort food. <laughs> so, yeah. You can make your eggs jammy. Can you seaweed instead of kelp? <laughs> Whatever you want. Yeah. Fuck it up however you want. <laughs> yeah. We won't judge you. Uh, well, okay. So, I guess we already answered the question of, like, would we make these recipes again? Probably not. I'm not going to try this one again. <laughs> yeah. Not for me. Not a Goshujang fan in that concentration. And that's... That's fine. Yeah. That's cool. Um, cleanup. Cleanup for me wasn't bad. Yeah, aside from there was a bit of chopping and, and food prep. Um, but then you really just like throw everything into one big pan. So Yeah, super, super easy. This whole thing came together for me in like 45 minutes, which means that for the normal person, it'll come together in like 30 minutes because it takes me <laughs> you know, at least 50% longer to make everything. Yeah. Who was I just talking about? Oh, I was literally just talking about that with um, Ashley, with our cousin, and she was like make, cooking something, and she was like, do you feel like it takes you a lot longer, you know, like, do you read a recipe like step by step and follow every instruction? Does it take you longer to make it? And I was like, oh, absolutely. A recipe will say like, this is like 30 minutes hands on time, and it takes me like two hours, so. Yeah, because they're just, they've, they don't factor in like the human element of just you actually doing stuff, you know? They just condense yeah. it down to literally like the time when you're chopping and cooking and yeah. not, you know, rereading thing a bunch of times or trying to find some ingredient you can't find. <laughs> exactly. Or like running back out to the grocery store because you forgot the main ingredient that you needed or whatever. Yeah. Or looking up how to devein a shrimp because you can't remember exactly how to get the little poop vein out. <laughs> oh my God. That's something I don't I think I've ever done. I've never bought shrimp that aren't deveined already. That sounds... It sucks. It's awful. It takes way too long. Yeah. No, thank you. Well, that's that. That's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> Quiz corner time? Quiz corner. Let's oh, man, do I'm it. Tuck bokey. Tuck bokey. Tuck bokey. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on the key. All right. Are you ready, Karen? I'm ready. Yay. <laughs> I got my giant water know. bottle. You got your giant water bottle. I got my little tiny one. Yep. This is totally unrelated, but Tony, I bought myself a fully glow-in-the-dark watch, and I'm very excited Whoa. about it. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I just got it cool. today. cool. How do your friends thing... in the sixth grade like it? Oh, my God. Well, they haven't seen it yet, but they're going to think it's radical. <laughs> yeah, dude. They're going to be so stoked. Yeah. We're going to go into the teacher's closet and look at it first thing. Oh, my gosh. You're going to be the talk of the playground. That's exciting. <laughs> I know. The strap and the face, everything, the whole thing is glow in the dark, and I'm just I'm very wow. excited. Does that have – is it just pure novelty, or is there a functional aspect to having a glow in the dark? Um, I actually don't know if the numbers are anything glow in the dark yet, so I might have to try that oh, out. Okay. But no, it's yeah. just for novelty's sake. Okay, yeah. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> just for wearing to raves when you want to be punctual. Yeah, exactly. It's literally just for when I go into movie theaters and people will be like, ooh, that's cool. And I'll be like, thank you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they will definitely do that. <laughs> They'll just stick their head right over your shoulder and be like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Mid movie. I'll be like raising my hand during the movie and they'll be like, what? Are you waiting for someone to call on you? What are you? Why are you raising your hand? <laughs> oh, no. See my glow in the dark watch. <laughs> okay. Back to food. All right. Let's do it. <sighs> Question number one. These days, there are many tukboki variations, including rose tukboki, which includes which of the following additions? A, French fries and a spiced ketchup. Hmm. B, garlic, milk or heavy cream, and a topping of Parmesan cheese. C, sugar, butter, and oats crisped under a broiler. No. Or D, save your editorializing for after. <laughs> okay. D, Cut up hot dogs and cheddar cheese. <laughs> oh my gosh. You want to hear those again? This is again, I... Rose, R-O-S-E, just the normal English mm-hmm. word, Rose. Rose. Tukboki. Okay. Yeah. Tell me, tell me the options again. Okay. A, French fries and a spiced ketchup. B, garlic, milk or heavy cream, and a topping of Parmesan cheese. C, sugar, butter, and oats crisped under a broiler, a.k.a. streusel. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Basically a crisp topic. Yeah. <laughs> Cut of hot dogs and cheddar cheese. That would be D. Regardless of which one of these is true, I just love the idea that it's basically combining one culture's comfort food with another culture's comfort food, even if they like do not go together at all. I kind of want to say the French fries one. A, French fries and a spiced ketchup? Yeah. Sort of a poutine style? I was thinking poutine or like when I was in Berlin, their main comfort thing is like fries with like curry like spicy curry stuff i don't know it just reminded me of that and i was like one street food and another street food married together That's a great guess unfortunately <laughs> it is actually the italian variation with garlic oh. milk or heavy cream and a topping of parmesan cheese wow yeah there are actually quite a lot of it's like a pretty standard thing to add cheese to your uh tukboki variations you know, did I did see that? a lot of recipes with cheese, yeah. And yeah, I like just mozzarella wasn't... and stuff. Yeah, which I I think would add a lot to it, actually. It sounds pretty good to me. That. Kind of, except for the whole base is not that good, in my opinion. Yeah, this does sound like kind of a hangover meal. Like, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Rose tukbuki, and it's got yeah. like Italian stuff. All right. Basically, yeah. I would try a bite. I would definitely try a bite as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that concludes the um, Tukboki portion of the quiz. The following wow. questions Hello. will all be related to South Korean pop supergroup BTS. Hell Question yes. number two. <laughs> okay. The name of the massively popular K-pop group BTS is the shortened form of the Korean phrase Bangtan Sonyandan. I, that's almost certainly butchered, which translates to what? Oh boy. A. Baby Boy Street League. <laughs> B. Back to Basics. C. Bulletproof Boy Scouts. Or D. Babe 2, Pig in the City Fan Club. <laughs> Bullet Scout. Bulletproof Boy Scouts almost sounds right, but then it kind of implies that people are like shooting at Boy Scouts. <laughs> why would why would you need to be doing that? <laughs> okay. 
can you please say those again? <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. <clears throat> just the answers, right? Yeah, just the answers. Question straightforward. Okay, A, yeah. Baby Boy Street League. <laughs> B, Back to Basics. C, oh, Bulletproof Boy Scouts. Or D, Babe 2, Pig in the City Fan Club. <laughs> it's actually not Babe 2, Pig in the City. It is just Babe, Pig in the City. Oh, really? There's no Babe 2? Just for super fans. I don't want them to, like, freak out and, you know, yell at us. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Um, really wish I knew more about K-pop at this moment. I guess Yes, yeah, the... it's going to be a tough quiz for you, buddy, because I couldn't <laughs> find a lot of Tuckbokey <laughs> questions, so they're all about BTS from here on out. It's understandable. You know, I always learn something in these quizzes. Yeah. I, uh, I guess I'm going to go back to basics. I really... This is tough. Ah, uh, Karen, it actually is Bulletproof Boy Scouts. No freaking way. <laughs> yes, freaking way. Bulletproof Boy Scouts. Yes. I just was I sure you made that up. I uh, I know. It sounds made up, which is why it's true. Um, that is amazing, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> trying to remember. Oh, yeah. The, the quote, according to member J-Hope, the name signifies the group's desire to block out stereotypes, criticisms, and expectations that aim on adolescents like bullets. Okay, so you're yeah, metaphorically right? dodging, like, bullying and harsh comments. Expectations from parents, you know, teachers yeah. not being cool, stuff like that, basically, yeah. Teachers are so not cool, but Dude, we should I pay know, them a lot absolutely. more and respect them. Yeah, and we should. They work so hard. It's such a hard job. Oh, my gosh, I can't even <sighs> Okay. Number three. What was the name of BTS's 2013 debut single album? A, Too Cool for School. Two being the, the number two, four yeah. being the number four. School oh, spelled yeah. with a K. Absolutely. Obviously. Too yeah. cool for school. Uh-huh. B, too close for comfort. Uh-huh. C, too dope for soap, released under the short-lived gimmick name Backtown Stink. Or <laughs> D, too cold for skull, the smokeless chewing tobacco. <laughs> oh, my God. You had you need to hear those too again? much fun coming up with this. I'm just going to say it. This one, you had too much fun. Possible. <laughs> yeah. Can you please repeat those? Yes. So 2013 debut single album from BTS. What was the actual name of it? A, Too Cool for School. School with a K. B, Too Close for Comfort. C, Too Dope for Soap, which was released under their initial short-lived gimmick name. Karen, let me finish. Backtown Stink. D, too cold for skull, S K O A L, the smokeless chewing tobacco. So good. I honestly don't know. Too cool for school? <laughs> it is too cool for school. Nicely okay. done. I was like, it has to be that one because the others are too ridiculous, but that answer to the last one was the most ridiculous. So, gosh, <laughs> I am like flummoxed. Yeah, no, I know. This one's going to take you through. It's a roller coaster. It's going to be it all over the place. It really is. Okay. Oh, oh, and just a little uh, footnote to that last one. Um, I I have written down here, they continued their typographical experimentation with their second album, which was titled O, exclamation point, R-U-L-8, comma, two, question mark. So, O, are you late to? (laughs) Wait, I'm- But just like (laughs) alphanumeric. I know, I know. It's a lot. You almost have to see it. It's yeah. not even a, an idea that you can translate through speech. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sorry, this all just now reminded me that I watched a few episodes of this Korean show on Netflix 
I think it's called Crash Onto You. Anyway, I might tell you more about Never that after. Heard of but, it. Oh, you should watch it. I'll tell you more. Okay, we'll continue with the quiz. <laughs> awesome. Well, I was very excited to look into BTS because I don't know almost anything about K-pop. So this was a delight for me. Me neither. Every time I, when I go into H Mart and if I'm ordering something at the counter and like waiting for food, I'll, they have like K-pop on TV all the time. And I'm just like, this is amazing. I need to learn more about this. Yeah. They're like so wildly popular too. It's insane. Yeah. Like all over the world, which yeah, just, yeah, I feel insane for not knowing more about them. Also, they're the ones, the K-pop fans are the ones that like embarrassed Trump by reserving all those tickets to his event and then no one showed up, right? (gasps) Really? Yeah. Oh they're god, legends, I hope that's true. Dude. That's incredible. Yeah. The best fan base ever. Okay. <laughs> dude, this this like I mean, this group along with like I think a lot of other of these um like K-pop kind of idol bands like are sort of, you know, created by committee. <laughs> kind of like but they're also used in like for kind of like soft diplomacy, like they do a lot of philanthropic work. They like, you know, they travel all over the world and they they kind of like spread good ideals, which is nice. I didn't really realize, you know, unlike our experimentation with like boy bands, which were just basically like sex pots. (laughs) Just a little money. I'm sure they did some some PSAs about cigarettes or whatever, but these guys, you know, (laughs) seem like the real deal is pretty cool. Anyway, um, question number four, which of the following... So we're getting a little bit back to food. Which of the following food-related BTS song titles is not real? A, Butter. B, Pied Piper. C, Silver Spoon. D, Coffee. E, Super Tuna. Or F, Hot Dogs and Cheddar Cheese. (laughs) Oh, no. Is it Hot Dogs and Cheddar Cheese? (laughs) It is. You're correct. Nicely done. Okay, good. Wow. Wait, they have a song (laughs) No trick to that one. Yeah. <laughs> Coffee and what was the first one? Butter. Butter. There's a song yeah. called Butter. Yeah. Actually, well. I would have accepted E Super Tuna since that is a solo track from BTS member Jin and not technically a BTS group track. Super Tuna. Super Tuna. It is a real song though. Wow. Yeah. This is this is amazing. This is blowing my mind. I'm sorry I can't provide any context to these songs. I haven't heard them yet, but maybe I'll start listening to them after yeah. this. Okay. Okay. Question number five. You're not doing too bad. I think you're like, you know, two for four at this point. I'm having fun. Which is not failing (laughs) in Tony's (laughs) quiz corner. Thank you. You, Everyone passes. Okay. In 2018, BTS was the second best-selling... Oh, this is according to StubHub. BTS was the second best-selling concert act outside the U.S. behind what other act? Best-selling outside the U.S. Okay. Outside the U.S., which act beat them and was number one a beyonce b imagine dragons c ed sheeran or d hoobastank it's gotta be beyonce right it is not it's ed sheeran shut up it's ed sheeran baby (laughs) what this i feel like his fame also exists like outside of my understanding completely yeah, that's like totally outside the realm. Okay, th- that's the guy who randomly showed up on Game of Thrones for one episode, right? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that was him. That's like literally the most I know about him. Dude, Karen, we're so out of the loop culturally. I, I guess he is just like really, really big internationally. Yeah, I'm just sh- sitting here trying to process that. And I you look don't insane. know how. 
<laughs> you don't look it's... okay. I'm sorry about that one. Actually, I didn't know I would hit you so hard. It's really hurting my head a little bit. I guess I don't yeah. mind being just kind of getting older and out of touch with stuff, but it does uh, hurt I'm my brain a little it, yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. I also, know. Does this his... is a lot for a weeknight. Yeah. Does his fan group have like a name, like the Bayhive for Beyonce? Oh, Ed Sheeran's fans? Um, yeah. I don't know. I was trying to think of a good funny one, but I couldn't think of it in time. Ed Heads, yeah. obviously. Ed that's Heads. not very good. Yeah. yeah. Well. Sheeranosaurs. Nope. Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. <laughs> okay. Sixth and Ed final Sheeran. question. Okay. Mm-hmm. In addition to becoming the best-selling artists in South Korean history, which of the following non-musical feats have BTS achieved? A, Mm. they addressed three sessions of the United Nations General Assembly. Mm. B, they partnered with the Arthritis Foundation to reduce dance-induced joint damage by 24%. (laughs) C, they worked with Buffalo Wild Wings to develop their own Korean-inspired wing sauce for the BTS BWW BKBBQ campaign. (laughs) That would be... Buffalo Wild Wings BTS blasted Korean barbecue wings, of course. Or D, they are the only musical group to have technically been in space after ascending briefly into the ionosphere on a prototype rocket built for Elon Musk's SpaceX Corporation. Oh my gosh. That was a lot of words. I feel like I would have heard of that one, but I'm not positive. Yeah, you're not, are you? So I'm going to go with the, wait, was it United Nations? Uh, The United Nations General Assembly. I guess because you just talked about all of their good work internationally. Yeah. Damn, I shouldn't even have set you up with that information beforehand. That's right. Yes, oh, they wow. have addressed three separate sessions of the United Nations General Assembly. Wow. Not talking about dance-induced joint pain, though, right? Probably not, I guess. That wasn't really okay. mentioned on their Wikipedia page. Um, yeah. uh, once they, they have get into their with... mid-30s, they'll address that more. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. They'll be doing like infomercials about you know <laughs> curcumin or some sort of supplement. For sure. Um, yeah, I don't know what they were talking about there, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. They've done cool stuff. They, uh, Good they partnered them. with Hyundai, um, specifically with like their electric, some of their like electric car line. And they, uh, they partnered with like a racing, like a formula E racing, uh, company that works just with electric cars to address hmm. climate change. Wow. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe they Do were talking to the UN about climate change. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Someone's got to take the pressure off Greta Thunberg. Exactly. Yeah. We need more fun youngsters doing this. (laughs) Yeah. In addition to Greta, I'm not saying Greta's not fun. I'm saying more fun youngsters. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Including. I think she seems like a cool hang. Oh, for sure. She's beating up on Elon Musk on Twitter. Anyway, let's not get too political on all this. More food (laughs) and (laughs) Korean pop. Oh, wait, was that it? Oh, yeah. Sorry. That was it. That was the last one. Oh. Uh, pretty good. Good performance. Yeah. Wow. I really learned a lot in that. Rose oh, yeah. Me too. Tukbuki. Rose Tukbuki. And all of the good works of BTS. Yeah. Wait, what was it? Wait, wait. Bulletproof Boy Scouts. Bulletproof Boy Scouts. Remember that. Bulletproof Boy Scouts. That is That's real. like a good trivia one, I feel like. Yeah. Even though probably like, I don't know, they are wildly popular. So maybe everyone knows that except us. <laughs> maybe. Let us know, listeners. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is more non-food related stuff, but I did just look up the name of the Korean show on Netflix, Crash Landing on You. And Crash it is- Crash Landing on You. It's about a, a successful South Korean businesswoman 
heiress who, while paragliding near Seoul, South Korea, is swept up in a sudden storm, crash lands in North Korea portion of the demilitarized zone, and meets an army captain and son of the director. Uh, so anyway, she gets stuck in North Korea and has to find a way out, and then she falls in love with the North Korean guy. Whoa. Yeah. Cool. Is it good? Uh, it's it's pretty amazing. I watched one episode, and they're like movie length. It was like an hour and 20 minute episode, and it's just wow. like... Oh, man, but it's fantastic. It has it all. Sounds like it. Yeah. Even the food stuff. There was one scene where they're, like, just throwing oysters onto this, like, big kind of, like, fire plane. I don't know. And then they just, like, have these, like, uh, heat retardant gloves that they reach in and just, like, eat the oysters and then pour soju in them and take a drink. I don't know. Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. So I didn't... I didn't describe it very well, but like it's a really it's a really fun show. Wow. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Get to learn a little bit about the cuisine of North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> Not something I know anything about. Exactly. Oh man. Well, thank you once again, Tony's Quiz Corner. That was amazing. So informative. You're very welcome. Well, once again, our awkward sign off. God damn it. <laughs> Why every is it like time. this every time? I don't know. We just need someone with a cane to yank us off screen, which is figuratively about to happen for me because I didn't plug in my computer and I have 7% battery life. Wow. You are living on the fridge. I know. Edge. I'm I a can't maniac. believe you just did that. All right. Well, bye. Bye. <laughs> Chewing, Chewing sounds. sounds.